Alright, you ready? Three, two, one. You used to call me on my. You used to, you used to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow, we haven't recorded in like. What, like two weeks? It's been like two or three weeks. Almost three. Yeah. But we so hit, we, hit, we, hit we, we kind of missed this like hot hotline bling. I period. missed it. Yeah. So, I mean, we haven't been able to like share it with you guys, yeah. but, but mean, we we're, did we're hit, late train. We did hit the people with a pretty good like, you know, toss away episode. Yeah. Uh, it was good. Shout out to Chris for coming on that. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool. Um, this song, I wouldn't call it toss away. It wasn't a throwaway, but it was just kind of like a short, like it was a short, yeah, a short, short. But uh, this song uh, played very heavily that night. We went out a few weeks ago. Yeah, I got tased that night. James uh, did get tased. James yeah. got tased. It was, it was pretty funny. If it, it was on Spence's Snapchat. If you guys follow me on Snapchat, or if you want to see more things like James getting tased, yeah. which actually I got a lot of responses. People being very happy that maybe too happy that James got. Tased. <laughs> oh man! So uh, it's a uh, Spencer broke Spencer no broke vowels without vowels no so. vowels and mine's just James Visser. I like being simple. It's just my name. No underscores, nothing, just my name. I gotta, I gotta. I've said it before, but I gotta change my name. Yeah. Um, aside, I gotta change it to Big, Big Slim so it matches. Yeah. Bro, speaking of like stuff like Tinder and, and fun stuff like that, I have <laughs> been just like my Tinder's been off the chain, bro. Just <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. I think I got my photos like finally dialed in. You know, you got, you got a profile. Just I think it's just Cherry. Just, just tweet, just right. Yeah, dude. My 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 like quote, my description literally says, "I'm down to say we met in." Church, period. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that one a lot. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's, that's cherry. That thing is cherry. Um, that's a good, that's a pretty good move. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I guess let's fade this track. Let's fade this track. Fun intro, though. Yeah, good time. You can't, you can't go wrong with little Drake. I miss the people. Looking like a dingus dancing. Uh, dude, his dance. Should we talk about his dancing skills? I, I think we might have talked about this already once, but. Did I don't we? think so. No, we I haven't even recorded like since this song was hot. But one thing I will <laughs> say is that video was a win for normal, more normal people because oh, it's yeah. like it makes it look like you can actually dance. Oh yeah, you know because it's like wait a minute, he's not doing anything yeah, cool at be, all because his dancing is so like not good that it makes us who also are not good dancers like yeah like Drake. You know? Oh yeah. So I feel like a win it was for a win-win. I honestly feel like a win for Drake. And I used to be a Drake hater, but I feel like a win for Drake is a win for the normal guy. Like, you know, because like <laughs> Drake is not like super hard or like doesn't gang bang or like try to be anything he's not. He's yeah. just like a big old softy. And it's oh, like yeah. when he wins, we win, you know? Oh, yeah. He's like, he's um, like a more famous Joe Budden is really what he is. <laughs> and, and like a watered down Joe Budden. Like by that I mean like I he, he's emotional. He's emotional. Yeah, okay. He's in tune with his emotions, but not as much as Joe. Not not quite. You as know, that but like Joe. they're similar. They're okay. definitely similar, but in like okay. a different way. Speaking of which, Spence, what are you doing November nineteenth? Let me think about that. That's a Thursday. That I'm not doing anything on Thursday, but that weekend I'm going to my. I'm, on Friday, I'm leaving to go to my uh, friend's wedding. What do you say we uh, hit the Joe Budden concert in L.A.? Maybe get a little chat. Let's do it. You down? 20 bucks. Okay. Well, let's do it. All right. I'm we just fist bumped, so we're doing it. See, we're doing it. Down to see Budden. When we say we do stuff, we just do it here we at just the do OGs. It. We just do it. That's so key in life. You know, you you just to just do, do it. it. Nike. Seriously. Dude, you know, you know what? It hit me this week. Uh, real estate gets slow this time of year holiday season it gets slow that's why that's why i'm looking for a place to rent right now yeah so i'm I'm like at home and and i'm like man stuff's been kind of slow and i was like kind of like almost searching for stuff to do and like wasn't being as productive as i normally am and then i was like dude there's always plenty of stuff to do you just got to like change your angle so now like instead of like directly trying to like sell someone's house or buy someone a house i'm like only working on like marketing and growing brand image right now. Right. So it's like it may not lead to direct sales like between now and like December, but like come New Year's, all that uh that bubble will have grown. Yeah. And yeah. business will probably just be crazy and like sphere of influence. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I think what we got to do is like it's easy in life to say like, oh, I'll do it later or like, oh, there's nothing I really can do right now. And honestly, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a bunch of baloney. I always feel like there's something you can be doing 
And if there's something you can be doing, you should be doing it right now. Yeah. So I just I just had a big conversation with uh, with my cousin about this. Really? Uh, we were talking about like it sucks. Just like and it doesn't suck, but being like in your twenties and single is like kind of a hard place to be because. And let me explain that because um, it is for like a single person when you you know you have all this extra time. And like, but like you're expected to like fill all that time, which is like awesome. And it's great that you can, but it's just like, it's, it's hard to get motivated to get to that point of like, you're filling up like your whole day. Like I know, like I don't have a family, so I could like totally be just working all night. Like I could, I don't know, like, but like, it's just hard to get yourself to that point. Yeah, no, 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 definitely. You know, it's like, I think at a certain point we want to like enjoy leisure time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And not really, like, have stuff to do. But um, I really think that, you know, especially because you only live one time, it's like now is probably the time we should be most productive yeah. in our life. So it's like that hit me real. I mean, I can speak just from experience. I feel like I was really being just, like, kind of a slouch. And, and I mean, that was in to my standards. To some right. people, I was probably killing it. But, like, to me, I just felt like I was not really doing much. And it's right. like you don't... Even if you can do that, you shouldn't, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. you got to get out of that. Um, so I think you're you're exactly right there. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I think a lot of that is um, like just society nowadays. Like people don't, I mean, work ethic in our generation is certainly not what it was yeah. in previous generations. And I think that's because like people have like a negative look on hard work now, I well, think. I, I don't think it's ever been a huge thing, even in past generations, to, like, really, like, excel. Like, because now in our generation, like, we can do so much, like, at night. You know what I mean? Like, you, at night, like, there's so many different things you can do without actually, like, clocking in at a job. You know what I mean? Like you were saying, growing your sphere of influence, you know, doing your marketing, whatever. You couldn't do that back then. I mean, you just went, you you, like, went hard during the day, wake up early go hard when like, you know, when it's dinner time, like that just wasn't a thing. Like you don't like keep working, but like now there's so many different things that you can do at night and you have to do at night. If you really like want to be successful, like yeah. you gotta, you gotta take your work day, go, go hard, do your work day, clock in your eight hours, whatever. And you know, do that well and don't, you know, slack off on that. Yeah. But then you should have some, a passion, a pursuit at night, especially if you don't, you know, if you're like James and I, you're single, you have all this free time. There's really no reason you shouldn't be. Yeah, and we, Spence and I literally, before we hit the record button, we're actually just talking, like, I should sign out the idea, and I've been thinking about this for a while, to, like, try to get, like, a radio show, even if it's tiny, but, like, get some sort of AM show, like, at 2 p.m. or something, just to, like, <laughs> put it on a resume, number one, and number two, like, it'll grow the podcast, mm-hmm. and, you know, it may lead to you know, a career in radio down the line, who knows? And Spence was totally down. So like, we're going to shoot some of our better podcasts, you know, to, uh, some radio stations, see if they're interested. And then if we get some that are interested, we're going to ask the listeners all to shoot them an email saying why they should uh, select us for the position. But, uh, I think Spence is right. It's like, you might as well do your best to fill your 24 hours in it. I, I have really been trying to like say, you know, I only need six hours of sleep. So I have 18 hours to do stuff, you know? And uh, I think the more productivity you can fit in that 18 hours is the best, not only for you right now, but certainly in the long term as well. Right. And I think I, I think I, this might be a little bit different because James and I have talked about the about how him and I are different before. This might be a little bit different, but, like, I don't think my – my problem is not necessarily that I want to enjoy more leisure, but it's that it's either it's either do like a social activity or and that you could call that leisure, but it does like take planning to be able to you know have a big social network you know and be able to spend time which you need to spend time face to face with people socializing whatever to be able to grow a big social network but it's that or do I want to pursue a different passion and actually spend time working on a craft, which I'm starting to now sit like, Hey, like I need to not, you know, choose social activities a little bit more 
um, I don't know if the right word for it, but nor sparingly and spend a little bit more time, especially during my week to, I think, work on crafts and not uh, socially. And I don't think it's a bad thing to have no. a big social with. No, 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 no. But, I, I always and think. I don't, and I don't think it's leisure necessarily, but yeah. Yeah, I don't either. I think having a, a big social sphere uh, and a large group of good, productive friends, yeah. uh, who your friends are is extremely important. But yep. having a lot of friends, I think, especially productive, uh, hardworking friends is hugely valuable um and that's one thing i've been working on recently is like really making sure all my friends that i pick up especially new friends are very productive and i've been trying to like almost distance myself from ones who don't do as much and aren't really pushing themselves or others forward and i think like you said i mean even by picking social events as ways to spend your time there are some social events that are better for you to spend your time at than others. You know, there are some places, you know, for me in real estate where I can go be social, maybe hand out a few cards. Heck, I'm, you know, I'm a marketing just by being there, just by being friendly, gaining people's trust, getting to know them. And for you, you know, in your endeavors, I'm sure there's social events that help that as well, you know, and, uh, you know, once in a while you gotta, you know, just do stuff you want to do, like the, the button concert we're going to go to, that's going to be fun. And who knows, we might get an interview with them and, and, That'll grow the podcast, give us a better chance of getting our radio job. So, like everything has a place in a in value. Yep, yep. You just gotta you just gotta spin it or work it that way. Yeah. Good conversation, which uh, brings me to the North County OG spot of the week. Hit them with it. That's gonna be uh, it's gonna be the Outpost Fest in. It's actually not in North County. It's in Santa Ana in Orange County. Um, but it's uh, the only music festival in Orange County, and uh, it's going to be really cool. Um, I couldn't list just off the top of my head every single band that's playing there, but I'm going to try and list as many as I can. Uh, Cold War Kids, a uh, local band. I think pretty much everyone from San Diego knows them. Uh, I, I do not. Blonde blonde Redheads, which is – they're interesting. They're – I don't know. They're all right. Beach Fossils. Really great, really great band. Uh, Guards. Oh, uh, Tijuana Panthers. Really good. Weird name, but really good band. Um, I think that's all I can remember, but I know there's probably three or four more, um, but I just didn't know them very well. So pumped about it. Um, Go there. Let me know um, if you can make it or if you are going and uh, hit me up. We'll meet up there. And uh, if I get in and I can get an interview with one of the artists, maybe, maybe you guys can tag along. That's so. going to happen. It's going to uh, happen. Hey, stop the thing. I got to fly. You know how that goes. Dude, that was... All right. All right. So, yeah, that, that being said, I mean, James, something else that's you know, happening uh, that I've noticed in this week, all of a sudden, it's just, it's hitting us. The season's upon us. I mean, we're starting to see some Christmas decorations out there. I mean, it's starting to get a little chilly. It's starting to be soup season. You know, I don't know. It's just starting to feel that season. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. I'll tell you, it has been getting chilly, which I like. I've always liked cooler weather. Oh, me too. Uh, big fan. Uh, but yes, Christmas season is upon us, which brings me to the thing that people are upset about this week on social media, which <laughs> is uh, Starbucks uh, made a red cup with a green logo, and it's offending people. Who would have thought? Oh, red logo. No, no, it's a red cup. Green, logo. green logo. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. Who would have thought that could offend people? But it has. I, I, I guess apparently. So I mean, I, I don't know all the details about it, but as far as I understand, uh, it's a red cup that has no actual Christmas decoration on it. It just has the you know the Christmas colors, red and green, um, but. In the past, they've had like Christmas trees, Santa, and stuff like that. Uh, and I guess people are upset that it those things are absent from this cup. Um, I don't really know why. Uh, it's mostly, I think, Christian people that are upset. But what's I, you know, Santa Claus and Christmas trees are not like a Christian thing, yeah. you know. So I don't really. Well, I think I've people. Heard, I think people just need something to be mad about. I've heard that. I've heard, I don't even know if this is true. I don't know if, like, I feel like there's a lot of rumors swirling around about this, but I've heard that if you say Merry Christmas to somebody, an employee at Starbucks, they won't say Merry Christmas back. Yeah, it's a, it's offensive. 
apparently. Apparently. Everything's offensive now. Like the happiest, most carefree holiday in America <laughs> is like apparently. You know, uh, honestly, though, the minority of people that is trying to push this political correctness it's is crazy. they're losing because it's like they may seem like they're winning, but they're they're certainly not because. And, you know, I can I can relate this to the leaders in the presidential race. You know, uh, in 2008, you know, if you were to say, no, I'm, I'm completely against abortion, like I'm 100 percent pro-life, there is no way the media would not just absolutely lynch you and your polls would drop. But now almost every candidate on the GOP stage is saying that oh. and none of them are getting roasted. Um, like they were in 2008 or 2012. So I think the yeah. political correctness is fading. I think people, and I think that's honestly well, why, like Donald Trump, I think that's so honestly why not. Trump is doing so well. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and Ben Carson kind of, but that, that's another issue I wanted to talk about is why is Ben Carson doing so well in the polls? Every person that, every person that considers himself or every every person who's a Christian and wants to apply their Christian principles to politics likes Ben Carson. Yeah, yeah I think I that, mean directly apply Christian, and maybe whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like I think it's sometimes thing. it's not. Sometimes it's not a good thing to include, or you know, every principle of Christianity into politics. But everybody who is that way really likes Ben Carson yeah. because he just that's what all of his entire campaign has been about. Yeah basically bringing back Christian what, Christianity into America. I think that's I think that's a big part of it. And number 2 is um I think when people hear him talk, he's he's very quiet, doesn't talk a lot, real soft spoken. Um and I think speak softly and carry a big stick. And I think and he he kind of does that, but I think the reason why he is popular is a lot like why Jimmy Carter was popular because Richard Nixon you know, got bu- busted for Watergate and conservatives at that time who supported Nixon, like really had his back. And they're like, no, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. And then finally the evidence came out and it was clear that he was a part of the Watergate scandal. So all those people that were backing him now looked stupid and, yep. you know, looked like they were backing a liar, which they were, but they didn't know that. Um, so people flocked in and then Ford after Nixon resigned uh, or was impeached and resigned, um, Ford pardoned Nixon. And a lot of people were upset about that. So when Carter ran, Carter was just a real soft-spoken, real nice guy, you know, trustworthy guy, you know, taught kids at church, was like a peanut farmer, just like a really like humble, trustworthy guy. So everyone flocked from like kind of the opposite uh, in Nixon to Carter and even people who were in the other party in the Republican Party were flocking to Nixon and he won, or to Carter and he won uh, in in quite big numbers and I think that could be some of the reason why Carson is doing well because Obama Obama's such a personality Obama's been like over the top he you know doesn't care about the Congress or the Senate or the even the Supreme Court really. Um, and he's had a lot of scandals in his tenure as president. And I think people are looking at Carson from both the Democrat and the Republican Party as someone who they can trust and isn't going to do anything too crazy and he'll just be a good leader. Um, I think that's part of the reason is just his M.O. But it scares me because Carter was probably like the worst, probably the worst president ever as far as the outcome of his tenure as president yeah. not to say he's a bad guy i still think carter is a really good guy but it worries me and i'm i i like i would vote for carson but I, it worries me like is he an actual good leader or are people just liking him because he's the opposite of obama yeah. well with i mean with ben carson i mean he's obviously super super intelligent guy yeah. i mean He's like a renowned neurosurgeon. So, I mean, this dude obviously like very smart. Is smart. He's not like some some peanut farmer. Uh, yeah. But Car- I mean, Carter wasn't dumb <laughs> either. You know. Yeah. It's no, like, I'm not saying he was dumb. But yeah. I'm saying that this dude is. He's yeah. I mean, he's really smart. But yeah, what what you're saying? Can he really be a leader? Yeah. I I think he 
it seems like he can. It's just, you know, he's not going to like, like you said, he is like pretty much opposite of Obama. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's just quiet. And I think he just, one of those guys that just, he just says something and he means it. Like that's yeah. what his word is uh, like. And he just is. He's very, trustworthy, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like, I think that's why people like him right now. And I think people, uh, you know, all I, I think I think Trump is kind of starting to fade. He's in second place in a lot of polls now to Carson. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that, um, you know, I really like Carson. But uh, at the end of the day, I think the last two candidates that are going to be like in the race from the GOP side are going to be Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. I think both those guys are um, positioned really well financially and in the views of the people, they're both in third and fourth place respectively. Um, so I, I, I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to those two guys. So why, why do you think Ben Carson got up in the first place then? Uh, I think he's up just simply because people trust him. He's like you said, he's very religious, which I think a lot of people like, and I myself like, and, yep. and I think, um, you know, I think he's just a nice guy. But at the end of the day, I think people are eventually going to flock to people that are leaders. And I think when you listen to Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, especially Ted Cruz. Rubio sounded pretty soft on immigration reform. They, he is very soft on immigration. And I think that's part of the reason why he's not doing you're going to see Ted Cruz eventually be maybe the nominee. But Ted Cruz has a big hill to climb because... Jeb Bush is really, really failing right now. Like, no one's supporting him. I think he's down to, like, sixth place. And that was the establishment GOP guy. That was, like, yeah. the guy they were supporting with all their money. All their stuff was going to Bush. Yep. Now the establishment is like, okay, well, now let's shift our money to Rubio, you know, who's doing better. Um, so he's going to have all the financial backing from the establishment GOP, all the commercials, all the support, all the endorsements from you know past presidents, other they're candidates. Not, they're not touching Ben Carson. Well, that that it's too soon for that, you know, for all the endorsements and stuff. But the the establishment certainly is not going to back Ben Carson. They will back Rubio, and they're not. They will not back Ted Cruz. He's like so anti-establishment. But that's the thing. I think that's what people want. You know, at the end of the day, I think we're kind of at like the the period we're at now is similar to when Reagan got elected right after Jimmy Carter. You know, the establishment hated Reagan. They yeah. hated Reagan, but the people loved Reagan. He won by a grassroots campaign, you know, by a grassroots growing. And that's the same thing Ted Cruz is doing. Or you could say Ben Carson. Oh, yeah, and Ben Carson, too. I think those will be the final three. I think it'll be Carson, Cruz, and Rubio. And I think if I had to put money down on the guy who would be eventually the Republican candidate, I would have to put my money on Rubio for first place, and then my second okay. place bet would hands down be on Ted Cruz. And it could become Cruz because Cruz is every debate he kills it. He's a great, really, really, really good debater, the best debater on that stage hands down. Um, and, and I just think, I don't know. Carly's good. Carly's very good too, but she says the same thing every time. And Ted does. Ted also has an audio Trump says the same thing every time yeah. too. Ted also, one thing that's interesting about him, he is extremely intelligent. He's very, very smart. Um, one of the main professors at Harvard, I wish I could remember his name and he's a liberal professor. And he said in, um, some like uh, speech or or paper he wrote years ago that Ted Cruz was probably the smartest student he had ever come across at Harvard. Right. And this was a liberal saying this, you know. Yeah. And this has happened with two college professors from Ivy League school saying that like this guy is a genius. Yeah. This so guy gets it. one moment he had at the CNBC debate was they called on Ted Cruz, and the CNBC debate was terrible. The moderators were just so clearly biased to liberal agenda. They were trying to get the candidates to fight, and they come to Ted Cruz, and he says, this right here, the questions that you have asked here tonight, reflect why the American people don't trust the media. And it got the loudest applause in debate history when he said that <laughs> on the dial test. And I actually, let me, I'll pull it up and I'll play that section because he just, he was amazing. Um, and, and I'll play it for you guys. You know, let me say something at the outset. 
the questions that have been asked so far in this debate illustrate why the American people don't trust the media. This is not a cage match. And you look at the questions, Donald Trump, are you a comic book villain? Ben Carson, can you do math? John Kasich, will you insult two people over here? Marco Rubio, why don't you resign? Jeb Bush, why have your numbers fallen? How about talking about the substantive issues people care about? And Carl, Carl, I'm not finished yet. The contrast with the Democratic debate, where every fawning question from the media was, which of you is more handsome and wise? <laughs> so this is and the let question me be about clear. the deadline. The men and women on this stage have more ideas, more experience, more common sense than every participant in the Democratic debate. That debate reflected a debate between the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks. <laughs> And nobody watching at home believes that any of the moderators has any intention of voting in a Republican primary. The questions that are being asked shouldn't be trying to get people to tear into each other. It should be, what are your substantive okay, solutions okay, okay. to people? I, 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 just want the I mean, <laughs> amazing. And one thing I want to point out is... After he said that, and you heard him mention, he said, like, uh, Donald Trump, are you a villain? John Kasich, you want to insult some people? He said, like, the whole sequence of events. Yeah. Not only did he get every single one of those events correct, he said them in the correct order that they occurred yeah, as so well. Yeah, he was just paying attention. Because Ted was... Cruz has what's called an autograph, audiographic memory. So if he hears something... He can remember it. He puts it into a chart. He can he, he can remember he can remember things exactly if he hears them. It's right. just like people with photographic memory, but for him it's with sound. So if he ever hears someone say something, he'll remember not only the exact words, but he'll remember it in the order every word was said. Right. And that's really rare, but that's one of the things that Ted Cruz does. So that that was just an amazing, amazing moment in the CNBC debate. And then he followed it up with the uh, Fox Business Network debate, which was last night on Tuesday, and he, you know, destroyed that debate as well. So his he his poll numbers and his donations to his website tedcruz.org are growing like crazy. Um, and and I think that's part of the reason. Number one, the establishment's terrified of him, and number two, why I think he's going to be for sure in the final two, if not the last guy standing. Yeah, sounds like he's got some momentum there. Yeah, yeah. No doubt about that. So that's who you want. That's who you want to win in ideal world. My my two favorites are Ted Cruz and Rand Paul. And unfortunately, Rand um, basically has no shot of winning. But I, I still like having him in because he has a lot of good ideas, and hopefully, those kind of rub off on the other people. But uh, yeah, I think Ted is my number one guy. Um, Rand is probably my number one guy if I could have any of them. But Ted is a close second, and he could actually win. So I'm I'm back in Ted. Okay, right on, you know. right on. Yeah, I I think uh, I still like still like Ben Carson. I like Ben Carson a lot too. Um, still I, pushing for that. I like him a lot, and I would vote for him for sure. I don't like Marco Rubio really. I think he's a progressive. And Rand Paul said that in the last debate. He said, "Look, you you can't be you can't call yourself a conservative and be liberal on military spending. You can't go into a trillion dollar deficit to fund a military that is already um, the top ten countries combined after the United States don't even add up to the yeah. same military spending as the U.S. So he's like, you can't call yourself a conservative if you're going to go into debt over military spending. Yeah. And and he, he was arguing, he had an interview uh, on a radio show, and he was saying, look, I don't, I don't think Marco Rubio is a conservative, and that's why I was going after him so hard. Yeah. You know? I think that's true. And I think that's one of the good reasons Rand is still in, because he probably knows he can't win. But he can at least, you know, kind of show show who the fake candidates are, whereas like Ted Cruz can too, but it's more risky for him because he's in a position where he could still win. So he's got to yeah. play it a little safer, and Rand doesn't have to play it safe at all, so he can just, you know, shine, shine lights on these fake conservatives. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, Rand and Ted are hands down the two best guys, so if Rand goes out, then, you know, I know he'll back Ted. 
Oh yeah, he's gonna send everyone, and everyone who liked Rand would probably go to Ted yeah. anyway. And so will Trump's supporters and Trump himself, because Ted is the one guy who has not bashed on Trump once, and they're like, he's played the buddy game, because I think he's smart enough to know eventually this Trump thing is gonna burn out, and when it does, I want him to support me, and I want his followers yep. to support me. Yep. You know, so I think he's playing it really smart, dark horse, both financially. And just strategy-wise. So I, I think he is really, really well-positioned uh, to go far in this thing. Nice. Nice. I like that. So that overall, debates were in- entertaining and interesting for you? Yeah, man. They were good. Um, You're happy with John John Kasich needs to drop out. Jeb Bush needs to drop out. Um, yeah, Jeb Bush needs to quit embarrassing. They're both imploding and just doing terrible. Um, everyone who's not on the main stage and is in the JV debate certainly needs to drop out. Um, my hope would be that the next debate has only like six people, six or seven. Yep. Yep. And you know, that gives candidates more time to talk, lets the people know more about the ones who could actually win. And, and, uh, you know, when that happens, I think we'll get a lot more substance, uh, from each debate. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for it to start narrowing down, you know? Yeah, no. I mean, voting is what, like three months away now? Uh, yeah, that's what's crazy. The uh, the Iowa caucus, the first one, is under a hundred days away. So it's it's pretty close to when we'll actually get the Republican candidate. Yeah, so, you know, whew, I know it's, it's big news. Soon. And for the Democrats, it's it's looking pretty clear. Like it's going to be Hillary now. She's kind of distanced herself from O'Malley and and Sanders and. Really? She seems to I just thought be. Sanders still had a pretty serious. He, he's okay, but he's not really close to her, and she's really coasting now. So I think she'll just ride it in and try to stay out the way until the election, and then it'll probably be her versus um, you know Ted or or Marco, both of which I think would probably um, hammer her pretty good in the debate. So. That was pretty funny when uh, uh, Carly Fear. Oh yeah, was like. I know in all in your heart of hearts, all of you want to see me versus Hillary. <laughs> I would like, love I, I to see that. I will destroy her. Oh, she would <laughs> yeah. too. She would. Hillary wouldn't stand a chance in a debate against uh, yeah. Fiorina. Uh, that was Carly funny smart. When she said that. Yeah, it's funny because you've been saying that for a while. Oh yeah. Like, oh, dude, I just want to see that. So dude, bad. But it, it would be fun. worth it just to see that debate. That'd be entertaining. <laughs> you know, Hillary would just get demolished. We should do it. Like somebody should hold a special debate and just do it. That'd Hillary, be fun. Hillary wouldn't agree to it. No, she wouldn't. She's got too much to lose. Yeah. So, anyways, but that, uh, that but, would be funny. I'd yeah, like to man. See what time are we at? We're at uh, we're at thirty two. Uh, so I just got back from Mexico last week, or this this last weekend. That's right. Yeah, and it was pretty great. It was a little bit of a fishing trip. I uh, went out with some of my cousins and uncles, and there's about probably, I don't know, 16, 18 of us, and uh, just had a blast, man. Um, I didn't catch a ton of fish that I wanted to catch. Um, not a lot of big fish. It was mostly mostly a lot of just small stuff. Like, I only actually caught and ate two of the fish that we that I caught, and I probably caught about 40, 36, 40 or something like who, that. Who caught the biggest fish on the trip? Um. Probably my friend's dad, uh, Mr. Tiersma, who was out there. He probably caught the biggest fish. It wasn't even that big. 30-pounder or what? No. No, I don't know. Probably, I don't know, 8, 10, something like that. Oh, geez. So, but whatever. It, yeah. it, was, it's, it was a bummer. But. You pound some brewskis out there? Oh, yeah, dude. Beer's nice. so cheap. Get some uh, Coronas and get some, uh, actually, Pacificos were good and Dos Equis. Whew. Get all the domestic. Yeah, no, that's domestic down there. Thing is cherry, <laughs> but guys, I got to tell you, and I know I brought this. I'm beating a dead horse here, but I, I'm excited for the Joe Budden concert. <laughs> I'm gonna buy us a box of tissues, maybe two, because his his concerts. Like I've I've been to a Slaughterhouse concert, which is a, a rap group he's in. Yeah, but I've never been to a Joe Budden show. But I've seen like videos from his live show. Yeah, this dude like literally cries on stage. I'm telling <laughs> you, like it's gonna be. I mean, this is real. Real hip hop, some real stuff, you know, because he doesn't. The guy's just an open book. Oh yeah, I would argue the most open. You know, the guy is just a real deal. Speaking of which, Adele put out a new single. That was good, and is putting out an album on the twentieth. And Adele, she moves units. Oh yeah. She, uh, rumor has it she she's on pace to potentially break the first week sales record since SoundScan's been in place. And keep would, in mind she's, she's been she's been selling this one really well. And keep in mind she's doing that 
post-illegal download era. Oh, yeah. She, they're saying she might move 2 million units the first week. Wow. That's big. Yeah. Her last album went diamond, which means you sold 10 million albums in the U.S. alone. That has not happened, aside from Adele's last album, 21, since Eminem did it uh, in 2002 with the Eminem show. Hasn't happened since. And she wow. did it in 2000, whatever, 2012 or whatever that yeah, was. 11 or 12. And she's for sh- I would say there's a good chance she'll do it again with her new album, 25. because she went quiet for a while there. All, all artists, I've noticed, who sell a ton of albums always are just silent until they put something out. Like Eminem, he never does anything. He never does press, never does like an Instagram post, yep. nothing. And then he drops an album, and it moves like a million for copies first week. Adele, yeah. she just flies under the radar, pops up, sells a bunch of albums, goes back under the ground, comes back up. You know, it's like for some reason, the people that try not to be famous end up being the most famous. Oh, yeah. It's the people that are like thirsty for fame that it like it comes in fleets, oh, you know, yeah. the people that have been f- quick, the people that have like been Drake. Drake, I don't think Drake cares. Drake's had long, long jail. Yeah, he doesn't care about being famous, and he's been at the top for a long time. Oh, yeah. You know, and and Eminem and Adele are prime examples. Both of them try to stay out the way, and, you know, especially for Eminem, he's been the top of the game since 1999. Like, you know, that's that's almost coming up on a 20-year run. Yeah. And Adele, you know, if she keeps with the same formula, which I'm sure she will, I could see her being... You know, a chart topper for dang near 20 years, 15, 20 yeah. years. She could be. I mean, Adele's been, yeah. She's talented, good. too. I, Hello's me, a good song. Part of me thinks she she oversings, like, just a little bit, but that's just probably a personal thing. Do Everyone you, else obviously loves her. I feel like Ed Sheeran and Adele are, like, the exact same person. Like, Yeah, they're similar. Like, Ed is just the the dude version of Adele. <laughs> yeah, pretty like much. Pretty much. They make like it's a little bit different because yeah. she's a little bit more big. Sound. Oh, she she's bigger. Yeah, more more. Um, what should I say? Cinematic sound. Yeah, and Ed goes for kind of just like a more softer soft sound yeah. kind of stuff. Which, so it's a little different in yeah. that way. But um, I'm a big I'm a big tank guy when it comes to singing or yeah. Akon, big Akon guy. I'm big Usher or Usher. Chris, I was gonna say and Chris Brown confessions. Whew, I mean that album, classic. Yeah, I'm gonna say this classic I'm, album. I'm gonna say this, and you know, I just I just said this to a friend the other day. I think uh, I think Chris Brown is basically what would what you would get if you mixed Tupac and uh, <laughs> and, and Drake and no, no, and uh, shoot, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, the uh, dang it. Weekend. Wow! No, like literally, like the most famous, one of the most famous artists ever. I Prince. Can't think, no, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Yeah. I don't know why I was blanking. On <laughs> yeah. That. Just like all of a sudden. <laughs> so, anyways, Chris Brown, Tupac, Michael Jackson. Dude, uh, I don't know, man. You don't think so? I maybe. I maybe. I heard an interview. I mean, what when you think Tupac? That's a good question. What do you think? Like, what does Tupac do? What was his style? What was his style? I mean, that's tough because what was so good about Tupac? I just feel like he just like he just hit a hit a nerve with people, like his songs. Um, I mean, I feel like people just kind of could rally behind it. I don't know. Hit a nerve, yes, yes. Yeah. Now I want to play an interview clip for you real quick. Um, where where's we can cut that. So what I'm going to play here is a rapper, uh, Crooked Eye, huge rapper on the West Coast. Uh, he's been he was used to be signed to Death Row Records with uh, with Tupac, yep. and then was signed to Aftermath. He's been signed to like all the biggest labels, and the dude is just like a top tier rapper. Not really like super famous, but a lot of times the guys who are like the most talented are not super famous. There's exceptions. I mean, you got Tech Nine, you got Eminem, you got Adele, you got. There are people that are really talented that are famous, but most of the time, the like most talented people, I feel like, don't get the recognition. Right. So let me let me play a snippet of uh, this interview here, in regards to to Tupac. Real quick, I know you're not 
this, this is real. Like, I'm having fun in here. I'm having fun, but on some real shit. Joe, like, a lot of people are looking for remnants of Tupac in the wrong places. They're looking for somebody who makes music that they can feel, writes lyrics that they can touch. You got them right here. You know what I'm saying? That's high praise. Thank you, sir. You, 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 you absolutely have them right there. And when I listen to his music, I think I do some of my best work when he asked me to be on a joint with him. You know, like Devil in the Room, Sober Up. Like, I do some of my best work because I understand that this man is writing music and poetry on the level of, a, of, of Tupac. And I think a lot of people are looking for, like, who's the next Pac and who's doing this? I think they're looking in the wrong direction if they don't understand. His fans know that for sure. And I'm saying there's, you know, a lot of talk online about, yo, I want to, who's going to, he makes the feeling music. It's he makes the music that you can feel and you can touch. The mood music. Straight That's up. what my question was. I was telling him. So that, that right there was, was uh, Crooked Eye talking about Joe Budden, who was sitting right, right there. Right. And he was saying, and I think that is Tupac. I think like how people, how he said, Tupac made music that when you listen to it, you really felt it, and you felt like you could somehow relate. Like when you listen to like, uh, you know, "Dear Mama" or something like that, yeah. or like any of his songs. Really, I mean, they were so personal and like so. You know, Tupac wasn't like overly complex, but he was like really just so good at getting feelings across. Yeah, and that is what Joe does. And I know you haven't listened to him much, but like yeah. you, you heard yeah. all of Lost and like yeah. some of it. And that is exactly what Joe does. So I'm excited to go see that at the show in person. Yeah. Um. Good. You know. So I, I think. I think. Yeah. I think. Like Crooked Eye said, I think a lot of people are are overlooking Joe and looking for Tupac in the wrong places because I mean. Two, he's very similar. <laughs> it makes sense. You know. Okay. I, okay. So I just think. Well, we'll see. We'll see how the concert goes, and then I can make my judgment. It's gonna me. be good to talk about on the on the cast. <laughs> it's gonna be good to talk about. Um, what else you got? Not a lot, man. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, James and I were saying. Uh, I wanted to tell. I want to talk about it a little bit. Um, we've been talking about morning routine lately, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I, I very kinda, important. I got it from I, I heard on another podcast. I don't even remember the name of it. Um, obviously, not as prolific as the North County OGs, but um, I I kind of was like, okay, I'll try that out. Why not? Um, and I've been liking it quite a bit. So what it is is, um, you you wake up in the morning. Uh, whenever you wake up, you kind of have a little. You need to have some, like some quiet time, kind of deal, which I already was doing. Kind of like almost like a meditation type yeah, thing. Basically, like a meditation kind of deal. Um, but to think about um, a couple different things. Uh, one of them being um, things that you're grateful for in the morning, every morning. Think about five things you're grateful. Did you for. get this from Miracle Morning? No, it's like the same thing that's in the book. Oh really? But I'm totally on board with that. Yeah, no, totally on board. So with that. I've been. I, I well, I don't know where the guy I heard on the podcast got it from, but I don't know. Maybe he got it from that. But uh, it's like five things in the morning that you want to uh, that you're well, grateful for because, and it's good because it honestly you don't you actually don't think about every day the things that you are grateful for. Yeah, I mean you don't think about it until like I don't know you don't usually just don't think about it yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is actually a really good time, and it lets you lets you get that past. And then the next thing is you think about something you think about something that that's bothering you. And you but then you you allow but then you you don't try not to dwell on it but you think let it come and then you focus back on something else. So what what that does is it allows you to like kind of get past that stage where like you're thinking about something that's bothering you and then you go back to your task. Let it bother you, go back to a task. Let it bother you, go back to a task. And then and then that that's gone. That whatever was bothering you, you can you can kind of forget about that, and you've already had that tension before you go do your day, so you're not worried about it or thinking about it, and you you can get back on task more during your day, if that makes sense. So that's something that's um, that. And then the final thing that you do is you think about like 
three or four things that would make your day better if you did. And that's a bit. That's it. Nice. No, I uh, definitely on board and have done the things where you kind of reflect on things you are thankful for or grateful for. And it's like, I think why that's so crucial is because it's real easy to dwell and just constantly think about little things that are, um, you know, bothering you. But when you think of all the stuff that you're grateful for, a lot of times it's far more vast than the small oh, yeah. things that are bothering you. So it kind of dwarfs when you spend time in the morning thinking about stuff you're grateful for. It kind of dwarfs any small problem or even large problem. It really dwarfs it um, and makes it seem uh, less important or less of an issue. Yeah, um, I agree. So, yeah, I definitely think that's cool. And it's in the book Miracle Morning, too, uh, written nice. by Hal Elrod, if you guys want to pick it up. Really good book. Um but yeah, that's awesome, man. I think morning routines are so crucial. And uh, I think even nighttime routines, we don't talk about that often, but that's something I want to get more into nighttime is routine. a good like last hour before bed to like set up the next morning. You okay. know what I'm saying? And some one of the listeners mentioned this to me, and that really makes a lot of sense to me to like try to, you know, before you even wake up, kind of have a leg up on other people that may be getting up early but don't have a good last hour of the previous day. Hmm. I think that's a great way um, to, you know, even get a bigger jump start on the next morning. Hmm. Interesting. Haven't I don't I don't even know what I would do for the last I, hour. You know, I don't either, but I, I want to start looking into this and kind of coming up with some ideas. I think mo- some of the things I would do are if there was any, like, menial tasks I was going to do the next day, I think I would try to do them in the, the last hour of the the nighttime that way like you know it could be even like cleaning dishes or like putting away laundry or um some just just menial stuff just knock it out so that way the next day it's a non-issue you know right um maybe reading some devotions or like some uh even even go over stuff you're grateful for again or yeah you know one thing i did for a while that i really liked but i haven't done um consistently is before I go to bed, write down all the stuff that I want done by noon the next day and right. knock it out when you get up. And then after after you're done with all your tasks, then it's like, okay, now let's just do kind of like the the productive tasks that I want to do right. after I finish the ones I have, have to, to do. do. Right. So I think even that, just like mentally getting it in your head before you go to bed, that way when you wake up, it's already on your list, and you can just get started right away. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, I, I agree with that. And I just think, yeah. Okay, so there's there's something that I, I've noticed lately, and this might just be as I'm getting older or something, or I don't even know what it is. But I notice, though, for me, the problem at night, though, is that as just the day goes on, I just my focus goes down. Mm-hmm. Just as the day goes on, my focus just goes down. and But what's cool about it is the earlier i wake up it seems like i gain like i gain more focused hours yeah so it's like every day like around like the three to like four thirty, like i start losing focus and it doesn't matter if i woke up at nine or if i woke up at four yeah i've noticed that too it's like that it's like it starts dropping off like it doesn't matter how long i slept so it's like i might as well you know might as well gain those hours before so I don't know, comment, because that's something I think is like really interesting. And that actually, I've talked to some people about that recently and that strikes like a lot of people are like, yeah, you're right. Like, it doesn't matter how long I slept. I still get, lose my focus at like three, three to four thirty or whatever. And that's just like when I start dropping off. And I just think everybody's kind of like that. And so try and I, I don't know, like, I wonder what I could do differently to like not have that down where I go down, you know, like, I don't know if I slept a little bit less at night. And if like if I could like if you did like a little like power nap at like that time period, mm-hmm. I wonder if that would like bring you back up. You know, that's I always hit a wall too, and usually it's at like one or two o'clock. Yeah, and uh, yeah, man, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to like, and I feel like it's a short wall. It's like I'm I hit a wall from like one to like three or four. And then yeah. after that, I'm fine. But it would be nice just to not have that. So I don't know. We'll have to maybe maybe like going on a run or something or yeah. like doing something physical. Well, I think the number one I think the number one thing, I mean, at least the way that I've 
you know, I've done it in the past. Like if you just keep moving, you really just can't stop. Yeah. So I think that is true, but I, I think there's gotta be other ways to, and we will have to brainstorm. How do you break through your, mm-hmm. go through your wall? And that, that's why I was saying like, you know, because the reality of it is your mind is not as dialed later in the day. That's just that's a fact of human you know, anatomy or like physiology or whatever. Yeah. It's like, it's like our bodies aren't, we're like, you know, I mean, even like from the beginning, like we're not meant to hunt at night. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, what I'm saying is I think that's why doing menial stuff that doesn't take a bunch of mental strength is the best stuff to do right before bed. Right. Because like, it doesn't take mental strength to like do the dishes or do laundry or stuff like that. So I think if you can like prioritize that for the end of the day, you really maximize the amount of good sharp hours you have because you're not wasting time doing menial stuff Definitely. during those peak hours. Yep. Um, and I think you're setting yourself up better for your peak hours. So I think I think it's just I think the more stuff you can do in the last hour or two before bed that like doesn't take much brain power, uh, the better. Yep. I think so. Definitely. That's something I want to work on. Yep. And that's gonna that's gonna be about it for the week, man. Yep. Definitely. It was a great week. We uh we had talked about a lot of good stuff. Um uh, it's just good to be back in the studio with this. Um had a lot of fun recording. We've been we've been MIA for a little bit. Yeah. I had a lot of fun today, guys, and I, I, I really think this was maybe one of the better conversations that we've had in a while. So uh good. hopefully y'all enjoy it. Um feel free to chime in on comments or yeah, uh, you know, uh, shares or whatever Always it may appreciate be. Appreciate that. Uh, at Big Slims on Instagram for yep. my man Spence, and at James Visser for myself. Snapchat Spencer broke no vowels. Yep. Snapchat James Visser, and uh, yeah, guys, we appreciate it. Throw a like on our uh, North County OGs Facebook page and a follow on the North County OGs Instagram page. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. We're gonna keep trying definitely, to do. Definitely two a week but uh we won't get two out every week but uh whenever we we can we we will yeah definitely definitely uh we're just gonna keep trying to give you guys some good content um and uh again uh we say it uh let us know if you guys have a good guest that you want to want to come on someone that you think is like wow they should get their story out um somebody who has something to say to people uh we'd love to have them on absolutely uh, yeah that that being said uh, it was a fun week and uh we will see you guys next time keep it og Keep it 100.